This morning, we're blessed to have Gary Swanson with us. He's the Associate Director for Sabbath School and Personal Ministries Department at the General Conference, uh, a role he's been in, I think, almost a decade. Uh, prior to that, he has worked 15 years as editor of the CQ, formerly Collegiate Quarterly, the official Sabbath School publication for Seventh-day Adventist young adults worldwide. In the past 25 years, Swanson has conducted workshops around the world in creative writing techniques to improve Sabbath School learning. He has nine years classroom experience as a high school teacher and a master's degree in education and has written more than 1,300 articles, stories, and poems that have been published in 150 Christian periodicals and has actually won 12 international writing awards and has authored six books. And so we're blessed to have Gary Swanson with us here this morning as we focus on fellowship. Thank you for being here. That introduction would have made my mother proud. (laughs) Um, It's not entirely accurate. It's pretty much the story. I'm retired from the uh, Sabbath School Department at the General Conference. Um, But other than that, there's some truth in it. Let's put it that way. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you this morning and to be discussing this with you, a uh, topic that is near and dear to my heart. For 25 years, it was my privilege to serve in the Sabbath School Department, in the Sabbath School work, and as such, it's a bit tempting for me to ask this question. How many of you studied your Sabbath School lessons seven days faithfully this week? I, I won't really do that. Bless your hearts. We don't do that so much anymore. That's not necessarily a bad thing. But we're going to be discussing something that is, that is uh, a little different, but related definitely to our Sabbath school lesson that we've been studying this week. We want to spend some time focusing on, well, on fo- to focus on fellowship. Uh, It's been a privilege for me to be here on this. uh, I've not been to this camp before, and it's been uh, what a beautiful place. What a privilege it is for you to be able to do this every year. Uh, Even the thunder and lightning is exciting. (laughs) I really mean that. I'm one of those who who, uh, I love beautiful weather, but I uh, have to say that that, uh, I find thunder and lightning impressive, too. This Sabbath school lesson for this week scheduled is the end times and the, um, the deceptions of the end times. We're going to come back to that because what we're studying, what we're going to talk about this morning is relevant. In what way is fellowship relevant to that? How, is, how may we use fellowship to respond to those end times challenges? In our American culture over the years, Let me hook this up. I meant to get started here. In our American culture over the years, many of us have come up to adulthood with an especially strong admiration for the ideal of what all Americans hold dear, and that's independence. Through tradition, through story and instruction, through all of our culture, 
were encouraged, were challenged to stand on our own two feet, rely stoically and solely on our own individual self to face what the world brings to us. But a study of Scripture has offered a more nuanced understanding of individualism and independence. Certainly, I am responsible personally, individually, for my own behavior and conduct to God. But beyond that, if you read Scripture closely and take into account its overall view of independence, you may realize that ultimately we're all utterly dependent upon God. We're created as dependent beings. That's what we're supposed to be. And the dependence on God, on our relationship with Him, is closely connected to relationship with dependence on one another. This is why in Scripture you see frequent mention of fellowship with God and with one another. This scriptural emphasis on fellowship, as it's experienced in the Christian faith, may be summarized in six ways. I'm going to offer six ways to look at fellowship and how it it strengthens and supports us in our Christian belief. So this is going to look a lot like a Sabbath school lesson. You see you have six days to study, and you notice how they organize in that quarterly Bible study guide, they call it nowadays, how they organize it into six daily segments, and each daily segment brings a part of the study So that's a form of habit for me. I had to organize things into six things. These are the reasons that fellowship are important to the Christian. First, to walk alongside one another, to support, nurture, and strengthen in love. Should have made that larger for you, shouldn't I? This is too much like a seeing eye test. We'll do the best we can. Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Fellowship is the outward expression of our love for one another. It should bind us in commitment to our mission. Ellen White wrote that the Lord Jesus desires the members of his church that's you and me, to be an army of workers laboring for him according to their varied capabilities. Second, the Apostle Paul wrote of another evidence of this love for one another. He said, When James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. Now think about that for a moment. Can you imagine when Paul first showed up at the first fellowship or the first worship service? This is a man who brought with him a reputation. There must have been some deliberation over how to accept this individual into the new faith. Yet James and Peter and John accepted him in fellowship. Let's consider that as we see new members coming in to our faith, to our fold. Second, to deepen our relationship 
with God through our relationship with one another. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. This is one of the reasons we revel in and, and receive so warmly the music in our programs. That is an expression of worship that helps to bring us together in a more important way. The mutual worship of Christ. In the mutual worship of Christ, it's inevitable to be drawn together in love for one another. This brings a bond of unity that cannot be broken. Ellen White said, You are not to come together simply as a matter of form. We don't just get together because it's Sabbath morning and it's time to do that. But for the interchange of thought, for the relation of your daily experiences, for the expression of thanksgiving, for the utterance of your sincere desire for divine enlightenment, Communing together in regard to Christ will strengthen the soul for life's trials and conflicts. And this is where we begin to see the connection between the need for fellowship and the challenges that we will be facing, that we are facing, at the times of the end. This morning's Sabbath school lesson. Another verse to add to this. Am I behind myself here? They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. In praying together, we will continue to grow closer to one another in belief and doctrine. Fellowship is to play a distinctive part in this. One of the third, the third element is to study God's word together and to live in obedience to its teachings. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. When we open God's word with one another, study it together in a variety of ways, we're working toward obedience together. And when we read together a thus saith the Lord, we respond together and it will bring us together. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Notice here how our relationship with one another has an actual impact on our relationship with God, the Father, and with Jesus, the Son how we relate to each other will enhance how we relate to God. When we grow closer together with one another, we grow closer to the heavenly principle of love that will draw us ever closer to God. A fifth, fourth, is to hold ourselves accountable to one another for growing toward wholeness in Christ. Confess your sins 
Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed, it says in James 5. Now, let's be frank here. Confession to one another sounds as if it's going to put us in a very vulnerable kind of place. That's not always something that we can feel comfortable with. It doesn't sound very compatible with this idea of standing for yourself, being in defense of yourself as an individual. But notice what the Apostle Paul adds to this later in the letter to Ephesians. He says this, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, hearing with one, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. If we know that Christian fellowship is an atmosphere of openness, that it speaks of lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, surely we can come together with the expectation of love and support. Let all fellowship be shown to one another with lowliness and gentleness. The fifth is to learn together how God is working in the world and in our lives. We have an opportunity to share with one another in that way. That I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me, Paul wrote to the Romans, the believers in Rome. As we share in fellowship our faith with one another, our growing understanding of God's plan in the world, and for our lives, our faith in one another will increase as well. Therefore, therefore comfort each other, and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Note here, Paul is writing to the Thessalonians. He's actually doing in his letter what he's helping them to understand how to do. He's edifying them in their efforts to comfort one another. He is comforting them, edifying them. Let's never overlook the tremendous gift of encouragement to others in our fellowship as we experience the challenges that sin brings into our lives. And sixth, to support one another in the development and use of our spiritual gifts to fulfill God's mission. Whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, <clears throat> has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. Here we could see the importance of spiritual gifts in our fellowship with one another. They are to be, we are to be helping one another in, by sharing our spiritual gifts. Fellowship doesn't mean the loss of individuality, not at all. It does, however, offer rewarding opportunity for us to demonstrate our individual gifts as we work together in fellowship to fulfill God's mission. That the sharing of your faith may become effective 
by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Let's always be looking for every good thing in one another. Every good thing in each of us comes from a relationship with Jesus. That's where any good thing is in us. It's from Jesus. Ellen White writes, In troublous troublous times are before us. That's on our Sabbath school lesson topic for the morning. But if we stand together in Christian fellowship, none striving for supremacy, God will work mightily for us. We are created for fellowship. One of the things that I have enjoyed most on my, in my short time while here is to be reminded of the importance of fellowship. I met, since I've been here, people from um, my previous life in various places. My boss is sitting right down there, former boss is sitting right down there, and I'm uh, a little bit apprehensive about that. (laughs) I met someone here whom we have not met for 50 years almost 50 years. I see uh, another in the congregation this morning that I've probably known even longer than that. This is part of the gift of fellowship in our church. We call it the Christian family sometimes, don't we? But we're talking about the importance of fellowship. The gift of fellowship comes from the relationship that is enjoyed by the Trinity itself, themselves. God exists in relationship. He he exists in fellowship. And we were created in his image. We were created in their image. Fellowship doesn't just happen. If it did, there'd be no need for inspiration to mention it in Scripture. Notice then, if I may summarize it in this way, several things that we repeatedly encounter several times as we study the subject of fellowship in Scripture. There is first prayer. This is an integral part of fellowship. This is one of the reasons we always enter into our fellowship with one another with prayer. There is song. Music has a way of bringing us together in fellowship that we can do in no other way. There is sharing. This is both material and immaterial kinds of sharing. We can share in ways besides the simple giving of material things to one another. There is openness, honesty with one another, showing integrity to one another. There is acceptance. Remember Paul's being accepted into the fellowship by people who first had heard of him as being an enemy of the church. But when he had come under the grace of Christ, he was accepted. Study. We study together. As we study together, we learn together and we grow together. And that's an important part, too. Confession, we've talked about that. We've talked about 
the fact that it needs to be uh, open, that it needs to be gentle. Lowliness is the word that's used in Scripture so often. Keep that in mind as we share with one another our confessions. And then accountability. And that, too, must be done with openness and, and gentleness. Our Sabbath school lesson this morning is entitled End Time Deceptions. Immortality of the soul, the nature of the Trinity, evolution, false Christs and false prophets, the Sunday Sabbath, those are the kinds of challenges that we are facing now in the end times. As we go day by day, ever nearer the end of time, let's always rely on our study together of God's word and with praise and prayer encourage and exhort one another to obedience with its teachings. When I think of fellowship, I think of a very old, familiar hymn. I'm not going to try to lead you in it. That would, be, um, that would not be the right thing to do. But the first couple of verses go like this. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Before our Father's throne we pour our ardent prayers. Our fears, our hopes, our sins are one. Our comforts and our cares. Jesus said, By this all will know that my, you are my disciples, that you love one another. If you have love for one another. This picture, the painting that you see there, is familiar to you. It's something old in our culture. It's the Last Supper. It's an expression of fellowship. The interpretations of this painting have indicated that this painting was meant to be done at the moment that Jesus had revealed to the disciples that he was going to be betrayed. So what you see here is a reaction to that, in that fellowship of fear, of question, of doubt. And yet, through it, there is, and thereafter, after Christ was resurrected, there was the expression of faith in that they came together again in fellowship. And notice that what was important in this painting, among most other things, was that Jesus is at the center. And may he always be at the center of our fellowship as we seek to follow him. This is my prayer. Thank you, Elder Swanson, for your words of challenge to us and insight on fellowship. And uh, we'll let you think you're retired if you want to. But we know you're still very active. It really just means you stop collecting a paycheck. But uh, fellowship is important. And that's why we like coming to Lake Junaluska. That's why it takes us two hours to get across the Rose Walk, across campus. Seeing people, connecting with people. Uh, praying with one another, keeping one another accountable. These are all wonderful things 
uh, that you have brought to our attention today. Let us pray as we close out our time together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for creating us to be relational beings, to interact with one another. And the most exciting thing with which we can interact is to talk and speak of you, what you are doing in our lives, how you have been with us in the past, to encourage one another as we go through a challenge in the present, and to recognize someday we'll be able to be relationally with you in a way we've never experienced just yet, to be face-to-face with our Creator, our God, and our friend. Thank you for that relationship uh, that you have created and placed within us. Be with us now as we transition into our church service. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you're looking at your watches, we're a little bit behind schedule, so we're just going to take a very brief break, and then the second service will start here just momentarily.